Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. We have Cassandra here from Sherman Oaks, California. Uh, Cassandra, you are live on air with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Yes. Hi, Dr. Dyer. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Wow. Absolutely. Why not? (laughs) It's just, it's it's an amazing gift. Um, Well, I I love the power of intention. I was reading it this morning and it's just an amazing, amazing book. I've got a question for you. At this point in my life, I'm about to be 30 years old tomorrow. Um, 30? Yes. (laughs) You're over the hill. It's over. Let's take the next call. (laughs) Um, and I'm living my dream. I just come out of a very difficult divorce, um, and I'm, I've moved to California, which I've wanted to pretty much since I was about five. I'm producing TV, and I'm writing, and I'm actually now teaching a course. And the question that I have is I'm about to teach this course for women called Choose You. And I want your advice on when you're dealing with, with women, especially women who've gone through a lot of different experiences, and they feel as if they can't get ahead or there's a scarcity mm. mentality how do you how do you express to them the abundance that is in the universe how do you share it with them well i think the first thing you have to help those people who have those kinds of uh, um erroneous beliefs about what it is that is possible for them based upon what they haven't been able to manifest up until now I mean, just imagine uh, yourself going through your whole life not uh, not being able to create the kinds of things that you want, living in a deficiency sort of mode, and then relying upon that same kind of thinking uh, as you proceed to try to get in, into a new phase into your life. All you're doing is just giving more and more energy to the very same kind of uh, the kind of thing that you've been doing for a lifetime or for a very long time. One of the most famous lines that I learned from Abraham was that you get what you think about whether you want it or not. So if you're thinking about all of the reasons why you can't do things and you go into your past, into your history, and use your history as a reason why you can't do something, instead of using your your history as a reason why you no longer want to continue to repeat that. And so what we're going to do here in this course is we're going to look at all of the kinds of thoughts and all of the kinds of behaviors and so on and reactions that I have had throughout my life that haven't produced the kinds of results that I would like. Uh, and though, and while, you know, the minute that you start putting the responsibility for the absence of abundance or the absence of happiness or joy or success or whatever on your life on anyone outside of yourself, that's where you get, get to, that's where you stop and you begin to look at it. And you can even ask people, why is it do you think that, uh, you have not achieved the level of prosperity, the level of happiness, the level of relationship, the level of success in your work, whatever, even the level of health that you would like for yourself? What is it you think that is keeping you, has kept you up until now from that? And you'll see as people talk, start talking honestly and openly about that, that they'll almost always project the reason for that being on their culture, on their family, on their person that they were married to, on, the, you know, whatever the circumstances were, on bad luck, on, on, I used to say on the Ayatollah, or anything that's going on in the world that's out there. So that's the first thing to do is to really come up with a real healthy uh, inventory of uh, what kinds of things have I done to attract into my life the current state of affairs that I live in, in all of these different areas of my life. That would be the first thing. The second thing, and I think probably even more important than the first, for all of these women and for you and everyone listening, is to go get yourself into a state of gratitude 
for all of the things, all of the valleys that have showed up in your life. All of the low points, all of the nadir, all of the, you know, the, the low points, what we call the nadirs in our lives, uh, and, uh, and begin to say thank you for every single one of them. I mean, uh, I've often, many of you have heard me say that I'm now 20 years, uh, celebrating without having alcohol in my body. And, uh, what I don't do is go back to the kinds of thinking that I used to have, which allowed me to go to that place in my life. And instead, I'm in a great state of gratitude for all the things that I learned in all of the moments that I spent doing unhealthy things to my body. And I want, and you get into that state of gratitude and saying thank you for that. Then you're not proceeding and trying to enrich your life by, uh, by, by being angry or full of revenge or full of hatred and so on. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, um, definitely, I was just trying, I think I was thinking a little bit too much about it because, um, even thinking about my own life, I'm definitely in a state of gratitude for all the things that have happened because they've they've created the life that I have now. So mm. thank you so much. Yeah, it, like even that messy divorce and even that difficulty and, and all of those kinds of things. I mean, those are uh, the, the, the highest place you want to get to is that place, I think. Well, there's two places. One is where while you are in the midst of something that is difficult and tr- troubling for you, um, to be able to say uh, thank you. You know that that's that's one of the hardest things. I last night uh, I'm over here on Maui, and last night uh, my my friend who who wrote this beautiful book called uh, Left to Tell, Immaculate Ilabagiza. I'm sure you've heard of her. Uh, she was the Rwandan survivor in, in the Holocaust back in 1994, and I had her on my PBS show and so on. And she was in a bathroom hiding for 91 days, uh, trying to just save her life. And she said the hardest thing for her to do was to be able to, in the moment when she knew that she was being hunted to be killed by these people, the hardest thing for her to do, she was she would practice forgiveness, even forgiving them by saying, I forgive them because they don't know what they're doing, which is what Jesus was saying on the cross. And she used that as an example. But she said the minute that they were gone, I just then I would go right back to the anger and the hatred and how dare they treat us like this and blah, 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 blah. And she said it wasn't until she was able to, in the moment, even in the moment when she knew in the next second she could be slashed uh, to death, uh, that she could still send love to those people and and send gratitude. Uh, And that was what really created the atmosphere within that bathroom for them to survive. So at the very extreme level, it's still getting into that place, that, that perfect place of, of uh, of being, you know, at, in the moment, uh, in a place of God love. Yeah. So thank you so much. I, I always remember what you've said about um, good fortune is what bad fortune leans on, and bad fortune right. hides yeah, yeah, in. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right out of the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, that's from Lao yeah. Tzu. You know, that uh, hidden in all misfortune is good fortune, and hidden in also in all g- good fortune is misfortune. It's always there. It is hills and valleys, folks. It's just, there's no straight lines out there. Everything is crooked. <laughs> you know, it's like, even if you go out there and you manicure your lawn and you get it to look exactly the way you think that it should look, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to get crooked again because nature doesn't do things in exactly a straight line. It does things in a cyclical way. When you're up, down is in the, is leaning on that. When you're down, up is in the middle of that. And if you can step outside of the uh, up and the down and the hill and the valley and just become the observer to it, you get to do what I was just doing 40 minutes ago, which I was out in the ocean, and there's huge waves out there today, just just these enormous, beautiful, they're about eight, ten-foot breakers out there today. 
and you get out just a little bit past the shore and you just watch and you see the cyclical nature of the ocean. It'll come in and it goes way up high. It lifts up seven, eight feet. The entire ocean, you can see it when you're on the, on, on the surface of it. You can look all the way to the left and the right. You can see the entire thing lift way, way up and then it takes you way, way down. And you never stay in that ocean and say, well, I'm going to beat this thing this time. I'm going to, uh, what you do is you go with it. I'm amused because today, uh, I just looked at the paper, uh, yesterday morning's paper and they said that the Sir Hillary, Edmund Hillary, who was the, uh, they, they kept calling him the conqueror of Mount Everest. He died yesterday or the day before. He's 88 years old. And I thought if, you know, if you talk to somebody who climbed Mount Everest, they would never say they conquered that mountain. It's not about conquering. You don't go out there to defeat or win or beat anyone. We use those kind of metaphors. But he just got onto that mountain and allowed the mountain to be what it was, and he just stayed in harmony with it all the way to the top. That's what Sir Edmund Hillary did. And if you try to conquer Mount Everest or the ocean or anything else, you can just pretty much forget it. You know, nature always bats last. Always. If you would like to hear more of Dr. Dyer's radio show, tune in to HayHouseRadio.com. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit HayHouse.com. Thank you for listening.